Warning, MF Uncensored contains adult language and discussion. Listener discretion is advised. We're a couple of misfits. We're a couple of misfits. What's the matter with misfits? That's where we fit in. We're not happy and dilly. Don't go around with Hello, everyone, and welcome back to MF Uncensored. Don't forget, if you guys are listening to us on the go, you could find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, basically anywhere you get your podcast. You can also find more of our content on our website, themisfitfaction.com. There you find links to not only this show, but some of our other shows like the Multiverse Fancast and Cinematic Adventures. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Paul, with me via the Zoom studio, because as I always say, that is how podcast interviews happen nowadays. It's awesome, even though it's a little less personal than I enjoy myself is miss kelly gifford kelly how are you today hey i am doing fabulous thank you how are you doing all right i'm, I'm excited for this one i, I always say that because like i love podcasting and i love talking to people that have a very similar mindset that i do and we'll, we'll kind of talk yeah. about that in a second but uh, kelly for our listeners why don't you tell them a little bit about what you do Sure. Yeah. So finding an identity to like represent the type of work that I do has been a struggle in and of itself. So most recently, I have kind of landed on the title being a body image and food freedom coach. And I really just represent that as my way of supporting women mostly in coming back home to themselves beyond just the conditioning of diet culture, hustle culture, toxic fitness industry stuff and all of that. And of course, that has been a journey through my own personal experiences with those things, as it usually is. We turn our pain into our passion a lot of the time. And so my deepest struggle in life has been my relationship with my body, with food, with exercise. And I started my career as being in the fitness industry as a personal trainer, later as a nutrition coach. And as I have worked on my own healing and personal development in these areas, it just had to be reflected in the type of work that I do today that I am just so madly in love with. Wow. So there's there's a very specific reason why I was excited for this interview and I was excited to talk to you just from learning a little bit about you. For those of you guys who don't know, we connected via Instagram of all things. Because mm-hmm. like sometimes I'll do Facebook, other Instagrams are very rare thing because usually when you get a a quote unquote connection podcasting on Instagram. It's somebody just saying promote it on this and it's just some bot. But when Kelly reached out, I immediately started doing my research because I'd like my due diligence. But um, I connected with Kelly though, because I trained in martial arts for years. I taught martial arts. I did a little bit of personal training. I taught kickboxing. I taught um, basic nutritional health. And I, you know, I did beach body. I was a beach body coach for a long time. Oh, cool. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I have my beach body days too. <laughs> I do. I still do the beach body workouts. I love the beach body workouts just because they keep me consistent. Right. But like, even with that, I found myself really getting into very unhealthy, healthy habits. So yes. like when you talk about body image, I, I immediately was like, oh, shit. it's going to be one of those ones where I'm, I'm the actual audience right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm doing this more for me than anybody else. But Love for, it. like I grew up with severe body image issues and I didn't realize it until mm-hmm. I was very much into my, my 30s. I won't say how old I am now, but it was something that I didn't realize was such a big issue. And to talk to somebody who not only experienced it herself, but also has now turned it into something so powerful is really cool. 
So for you, when did you kind of realize that going from one course of being a, a health professional as opposed to changing to another one? Yeah, there's this moment that I like to call the big epiphany, and I reference it a lot because it was such a significant moment for me. And it only was about two years ago, I went out with a new friend of mine who, I mean, at the time, I was very isolated and considered myself a hermit. I didn't go out much. I didn't really have many close relationships in my life. And my whole life was really revolved around two things. One, my body and everything related to that fitness nutrition, etc., and to my business. And outside of that, I didn't really do much. But this was a moment in time where I wanted to challenge myself and go out of my comfort zone. And so when I was asked by this new friend of mine to go out and go to a bar with her and, and go dancing, I was like, sure, okay, let's do it. And I went out with her and the cliff notes of the story is that she's so confident, she's putting herself out there, she's being so social, she's dancing, she's being free in her body. And I am just there like feeling like I'm in a straitjacket, full of my own insecurities, spinning in my mind, trying to mimic the movements that she's doing, feeling so awkward, feeling so uncomfortable. And that moment, I, I couldn't help but question why I had just spent the last 10 to 15 years of my life completely dedicated and obsessed to changing my body into what I thought it needed to be in order for me to feel confident and in order for me to be like happy and connected in my life. And it wasn't working. <laughs> I was feeling so insecure. I was feeling the complete opposite of confident, even though I had everything that I thought that I needed. I was a personal trainer. People looked up to me for my body, for my dedication. I had societally acceptable body standards. And still, I literally felt like I wanted to slide underneath the table and hide. And that was a big moment for me to realize that the very thing I was doing to try to feel confident and insecure was actually probably the very thing blocking me from having what I wanted. Wow. I'm. Give me a second. I always like to process first before I, because I am yes. very, I'm very good at like going really quick and rapid fire. But like, for I love it for stuff like yeah. this though that has so many different emotional layers to it and so many like, there's so many ways in which society determines what's healthy, what looks good, and I think that people tend to put that on themselves. Like when I was when I was teaching, I was like, I have to look the part. Like who would go to a quote unquote fat personal trainer or a fat martial artist. So I, I went through terrible phases where like I was starving myself just, just to lose a couple of pounds. Or then I'd go the opposite where I try to do like 5,000 calories a day and working out twice a day. Like I was Dwayne Johnson or something like that. And <laughs> you know, it's wild. Cause I never had, I never had goals and I was never like, I want to look this way. I want to just, you know, I would, it would change every couple of weeks based on what I thought people found attractive. And for me, it, it's been a long time since I finally found peace with that. And now I enjoy myself in, in different ways. So for right. you, do you think that body image is a big part of our culture, not just for women, but also for men? Absolutely. Yeah, I think that uh, I always say this body image issues really have nothing to do with our bodies. Our bodies are just a really easy target. 
especially in today's society with social media and everything. I mean, everything is centered around aesthetics and physical appearance in that way. And I think that, well, in my personal experience, but I know that this isn't just me, that we from a very young age have this idea or fear planted in us that there might be something wrong with us. And usually that is a response to some kind of uncomfortable emotional experience, whether it's we feel embarrassed or we we feel ashamed or we're lonely. That was more my story is from a very young age, I felt very lonely, struggled making friends, didn't really feel like I belonged or fit in anywhere. And so our mind is wired to try to find solutions to discomfort. It's wired to try to get us out of discomfort. And so when I was feeling lonely and disconnected and othered as a young child, I sought out to try to find the solution. And I did that by trying to find what the reason why I was feeling that way was so that I could try to get ahead of it and fix it. And my body was a very easy target right. for that. The thing that was wrong with me, oh, it must be because I have brown hair, not blonde hair. It must be because I'm taller than this girl. It must be because I'm bigger than this girl. It must be because of X, Y, Z. And that really just planted the seed for continuing to look for evidence to support this story hmm. of mine, that my body was the reason why bad things happened to me why I was lonely, why I couldn't make friends, why my crush didn't like me back, why this girl spread a rumor about me, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And that story became so ingrained into me that it just became unconscious. And every single time that something uncomfortable would happen to me, I would immediately start to go to my body to try to fix it. I would control my food more. I would work out my body more. I would hyper fixate on my body to look for flaws more. And that's the thing with body image stuff is that when we are struggling with our body and fearing that it's the reason why bad things are happening to us, we're going to be looking for evidence to support that. And when we're looking for evidence to support that our body is not good enough, we're going to find it a hundred percent of the time but that's not because there is actually something wrong with our bodies inherently but it's because we're looking for it right i i, I love what you what you're saying about your body being such an easy target like when you're young your body changes so quick like i remember like when i first i think i really started lifting weights and working out ser- seriously like in a more serious way when i was about 22 because that that's the year after after drinking started and suddenly right. it was, you know, going out every weekend. Like that's some, there's at some point in your life where that's becomes a social decorum for a lot of people, myself included, where you go, what did we used to do before we drank? And we're like, I don't know, probably still drank in the basement. You know, that was the joke that my basement was the hangout place. Don't tell my mother if she's actually listening to the podcast. I'm sorry, <laughs> mom. But, you know, at one point suddenly it turned into weekends were junk food and fast food and beer and more shots and all these things and your body if you're not working out or at least taking somewhat care of yourself will 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 reflect it really quickly but then i started barely working out and barely changed my diet and so i lost all this weight just because i made a little change and i was 22 now in my 30s i've had to really readjust the way that not only i look at myself but also the way that I want other people to look at me. For me, the biggest turning point was when I met my wife. 
And she was just somebody who inspired me that it's not about how other people perceive you. It's about how you perceive yourself. And she's been a very, she's been the rock that's kind of been helping me through that. So not to get sappy, she's not going to listen. It's fine. But for you though, how do you feel that your workouts or your physical or your, your approach to working out probably is a better way to say this has changed since you hit that epiphany? Yeah, I had to make a very strong commitment to myself after that big epiphany moment. And it was that if I wanted to really overcome this and heal it, I had to completely abandon and also actively reject any and all means of trying to manipulate and control the size and shape of my body. And that completely changed my approach to both food and exercise because I had to really look at my intention for every single thing that I was doing. If I was at a cafe, for example, and was like looking at the muffins in the in the thing and immediately would tell myself, I can't have that, that's too many calories, I, I would have to make up for it later or whatever, I would catch that and be like, oh, well now, now I got to have it, you know? And if I was, for example, considering working out or had planned to work out and then noticed myself convincing myself that I had to because XYZ, I won't have time to do it later. I'm feeling tired, but that's okay. I'll feel better later. If I was justifying it, that was my sign that I had to not do it. And it was, it became kind of like a little game that I played with myself for a while. And I think that that over time just naturally integrated into what I practice today, which is just empowered movement. And honoring my body, which I never thought I could really get to this place with exercise and with food because I always thought I couldn't trust myself to make those types of decisions naturally. I had to control it. I had to force myself to eat healthy, to not eat too much, to exercise. But through this process, I really started to learn that there is a deeper intelligence inside of all of us that is trying to guide us to feel good <laughs> and to be healthy and to thrive in our lives. And it's just that we become very disconnected from that throughout our lives, through conditioning, through different experiences that we have that create behavior patterns that are meant to help us numb or distract from our emotions and also the conditioning of diet culture and, and hustle culture and all of that that teaches us that we're just supposed to push through and and all of that stuff. But by removing that for a long period of time, I learned that my body just wants to move. It does. And I can listen to that and I can trust that. And if it doesn't want to move today, it'll want to move eventually. My body just doesn't want to sit on the couch all day. But for a long time, I was so afraid that that's what my body wanted to do. That's why I was so clung on to needing to control everything that I was doing and force myself to move and work out and eat a certain way. Yeah. Like for me, when I first met my wife, when we first started dating, and she, if, she, if you ever get a chance to hear her on the podcast, she'll probably even talk about this. I used to be exceptionally rigid. Like everything was to, to the second almost. Like I, I have a very early work schedule. I have to be at work at 7 8 or 6.45. So I work out beforehand because I know there's a fair chance that I'm not going to do it when I get home. That's my time to relax or do, you know, sometimes I still teach and then other times I, I have overtime. So I work out, I wake up at four o'clock in the morning to work out. I'll work out from like five to 6 a.m. and then head to work. So when I first started dating my wife, I would go to bed at 7.30 
and like it became almost like a run like at first she didn't believe me she thought i was just i just didn't want to talk i was like no i'm i'm really going to sleep like she's like it's 7 30 i was like i i have to go to sleep i have to go to sleep now so that was like a running joke with us for a long time and i would go to sleep at a certain time i would wake up at a certain time i ate at certain times very specific it was like like alarms on my phone type specific and I had great results, but I felt miserable all the time. And it became a job. Like it almost became a chore. So for me, yes. when, when you talk about body diet culture and the hustle, I was like, oh, man, that, that hits me right in the jellies. Like I feel that. And yes. I think our world nowadays is so like go, 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 rub some dirt in it, keep moving. So how do you – you work with clients obviously. How do you try and break that mentality with them? Yeah, I think I, I... – always love to start by pointing out that the control and the rigidity is only a response to a deeper fear. We don't control things if we don't fear something else bad happening. And it's it's so normal and natural and unconscious for us to be fueled by so much fear in our lives. But once we start to slow down and look at the presence of fear and how it's running our lives, we realize that it, it just doesn't feel good to be fueled by that. And there's a deeper desire that we all have when we're trying to control and rigid ourselves into working out and doing all of these things, going to bed on time, et cetera. We're doing it because on some level, we, we are trying to get something out of it. We want to feel safe usually in our lives, secure, certainty, just an overall feeling that we're okay and that we're going to be okay. We want to feel significant and good enough and important and validated in our lives. We want to feel love and connection. We want to feel freedom. And when we really identify what our deeper desire of the rigidity and the control and the hustle is, then we can start to look at if it's working or not. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the time it's not. A lot of the time the very things that we are doing to try to feel safe and secure in our lives are the very thing causing us stress and anxiety and fear and everything that we are doing to try to feel good enough and validated and significant is making us feel very insecure very hypercritical of ourselves because we're judging ourselves and criticizing everything that we are doing and the very things that we are doing to feel connected and loved by other human beings is the very thing that's isolating ourselves. Mm -hmm. So there's not one answer that just fixes everybody's problems is what you're saying. I think, of course, there's not. But I think there is a general theme to really looking to identify what it is that we actually want mm -hmm. and questioning whether what we're doing to try to get it is working. And that opens our mind to really looking for a new way of approaching things because if we aren't looking at why we are doing the things that we are doing and this was something that i experienced for a very long time is just like i saw that my rigidity my control over my body food and exercise was like not really that healthy i saw that it was having a negative impact on my life on my relationships on my mental health everything but i didn't do anything about it for a long time because there was something i was perceiving I was getting out of it. Mm -hmm. It was that safety. It was that feeling of, of being good enough because I'm working hard and I'm, I have this body and I'm getting all of this external validation. And without really recognizing 
what I thought I was getting out of it and questioning whether I was really getting it from that or questioning whether it was actually not questioning whether it might actually be blocking me from having it, how it was actually making me feel more insecure, how it was actually making me feel more disconnected from people in my life, how it was making me feel less validated, even though I was getting external validation, not actually validating myself and feeling like I was never enough and feeling like I was never actually arriving in the place I needed to be and feeling like I, every time I accomplished a new goal, it wasn't enough. I got to do another one. I got to have another goal. I got to accomplish more. I got to become more. I got to become less. I got to change my arms. I got to make my butt bigger. I got to make my waist smaller. Like it was never enough. And so, so many times the very things that we are doing to try to meet our needs and to have something that we deeply desire is the very thing blocking us from having it. And the first step to moving through that is awareness. Mm -hmm. Now, you mentioned external validation, something that I myself have struggled with because, you know, we are a media network. We have to be very present on social media, things like that. And do you find it challenging that, you know, for you do social media, obviously, that's how you and I connected. Do you find it challenging to separate external validation from just doing a good job with your social media presence? Oh, in my back, I froze for a there second. We go. I'm so sorry. It's okay. <laughs> So I'll, I'll repeat what I said in case you didn't hear it. So you mentioned exter you. external validation, right? And do you find it difficult? Because obviously we do a lot of social media. We do a lot of, we have to be a presence. That's how podcasting works nowadays. And do you find it difficult sometimes to separate that external validation from just doing a good job on social media? Yeah. External validation is, is such an interesting topic. I'm glad that you're pulling this out of the conversation because the thing with external validation is that we're using it as a permission slip mm. to validate ourselves. It's like this weird like middleman of like, I can't feel validated until someone else tells me that I can feel validated and then I can give myself the thing that I wanted. But no one can really give you that feeling that we're seeking. No one can like hand it through a screen and be like, here, feel validated. We give that to ourselves. We validate ourselves. We are the only ones that can make ourselves feel like we are enough, to feel like we're safe enough to feel like we're enough. And when you when you really start to recognize that we are the source of the thing that we are looking for, then it completely changes the way that you are approaching it, receiving that very thing. Because I maybe you've experienced this, I know that I have, that I thought that I wanted validation, I thought that I wanted external validation, but then I was receiving it externally, but not actually feeling any better mm -hmm. about myself. Someone would give me a compliment and internally I would like push it away. <laughs> I would just be like, oh, thanks. It's changed my hair color. Like yep. you're looking great today. You know, you just, you just push it away. And I started to recognize myself in that pattern and realize that it actually felt very uncomfortable to receive what I thought that I wanted. And I didn't feel safe to receive that level of confidence and validation that I was getting externally, which is a whole <laughs> can of worms in and of itself, oh, yeah. because a lot of the time we, we actually say that we want to feel confident or validated or good enough, but we fear it at the same time. We fear feeling confident in ourselves and then putting ourselves out there, for example, because we're feeling confident and then being rejected or being shamed or embarrassed or criticized or judged. 
And so this whole like conversation around validation is so interesting because I think a lot of us might be able to recognize that we seek external validation and that we want it. But then if we really look at our lives a little bit more closely, we'll see that every time we get it, we don't actually receive it. <laughs> so it's funny. I work with uh, teenagers. That's as part of my job. And all they care about, all they care about, and a lot of adults now too, especially in our generation, they care about the likes on Instagram, the comments on Facebook, the this, the that. And we live in this time where you could be famous for just anything at this point. Like I could get so a, true. I could get a million subscribers at some point tomorrow and suddenly be famous for just literally talking to people over the internet. Like yeah. we live in that in a time where that is completely and totally possible. And you see it, you know, whether it's it's females who are you know, I don't want to say using certain assets to become famous, but it happens. And you know, for men also, they can be doing the same thing. And we, it's weird to live in this time of so much easy validation, but not the right validation. So I, I love that part of your process is kind of realizing that there, there's different levels of validation. Just because you get a like on Instagram doesn't mean it changes anything about you. So for you though, let's say I, I'm on your website right now because I'm weird and I do like research and I, <laughs> like I check people's stuff out and I, and I like to know my people. Appreciate that. Well, it's funny. When, yeah. I, when I first started, I tried to go in with as minimal knowledge as possible, but now I like sometimes I just get in, intrigued and, and I just start going down the rabbit hole. My wife taught me how to go down the rabbit hole as she yeah. likes to call it. So for you, let's say I'm a brand new client or my, let's say my wife would be a brand new client and she comes to you. She's like, I'm not happy with my body. I want a, B, and C. What would be kind of your process with her? Yeah. I always love to start by supporting someone and really clarifying their vision. Mm -hmm. So what is it that they actually want? Like there's the conditioned desire of like, I want to lose weight. I want to be fit. I want to work out this number of days of week. I want to get control over my nutrition, etc. And we can start there. Mm -hmm. But then what are you hoping that that's going to give you? What are you hoping to experience more of in your life once you get there or even experience less of? What are the feelings that go with this? What are the thoughts that go with this? How is your relationships going to change? How is your career going to change or how you show up in your career going to change? Does really getting grand scale over what it is that someone is, is deeply seeking in their life? and comparing that to where they are now so looking at what is where are they at now in regards to all of those behaviors like nutrition and fitness and how they're showing up in those areas of their life how they're showing up in their relationships and how are they speaking to themselves how do they view themselves how do they feel about themselves and then looking at their their blocks and blocks are really the things that are presently showing up in their life that are getting in the way of them having what they want and feeling how they want to feel. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those blocks are very external, like I don't have enough time and I, I, I don't, you know, whatever, like I, I self-sabotage or whatever yeah. it is, but there's always a, a deeper pattern that's going on, which for example, could be like, I procrastinate or I self-criticize or I doubt myself a lot or I emotionally eat or whatever it is. And we really wanna look at everything that is currently getting in the way of them having what they want because 
blocks aren't actually in the way, but they are the way mm -hmm. to us getting what we want. And that is a quote by someone that I look up to very much named Alyssa Nobriga. And this is really, really important to understand because there's a very common approach to goals where we just try to like buckle down and white knuckle it and try to just push through everything that gets in the way of us having what we want so we can achieve it. But it can work for a little while when we're feeling good that day, when we're feeling motivation is high and all of those types of things. But as I'm sure everyone has experienced, motivation and self-discipline are fleeting. Mm -hmm. And it's always going to be a reflection of where we're at that day, what's going on in our lives. And as human beings, our lives are always going to fluctuate. So we can't rely on motivation and self-discipline. So instead, we want to learn the tools to be able to work with everything that comes up that gets in the way of us having what we want, whether it's behaviors that get in the way of us having what we want, like skipping the gym, emotionally eating or overeating, or if it's more mental patterns like criticizing ourselves that's blocking us from feeling confident or doubting ourselves that's blocking us from feeling um, safe and empowered and motivated in our lives. And when we can learn how to work with those things through awareness, through learning how to have a different relationship with those things when they happen, when they come up, then we're going to be so much more successful in actually moving towards what we want. Not because we're just putting our foot on the gas and just going through and using all this motivation, but because we're actually energizing ourselves from the inside out by learning how to be with ourselves differently in the full range of our human experience. So it, it's interesting because a lot of times when you talk about people who do some sort of physical fitness or anything like that, you don't get the emotional stuff behind it. You don't get the mental blocks behind it. And like for you, like just talking to you, I've done sales. Like I, I've done sales and I, I know sales strategies. I know how to, or like you go into a gym there's like a fair chance you're going to leave with some sort of membership. Like they're, they're very good at That's gyms. Right. And when I, when I listen to you talk so passionately about, you know, kind of what your process is, you, you can feel it. And I always say that there's, there's two kinds of salespeople. There's the ones that are just trying to, to make a sale. And then there's the people that truly believe in what they do and their and believe in their product and their service. And you're definitely the latter in that one. So I, I, I want to commend you. Thank it's just, you. you can feel it. And like, that's why I like talking to people who I can talk to anybody who does physical fitness. Like I, I can make a list of people that do physical fitness. I can, I can go on Facebook right now and be like, I need somebody who does personal training to come on my podcast and talk about themselves. I'll get hundreds of answers, but right. for somebody to have a different mentality when it comes to it is not only super refreshing, but I also think more effective because I know personally my own fitness and my own mental health changed when I started thinking about working out and food differently myself. So like for me, I, I had to question, why do I want to work out? Why do I, what is it about working out that, that keeps me so engaged and that I'm waking up at four o'clock in the morning to do it. And for me, I realized I was like, I like to lift heavy shit. I like to lift it up. I like to put it down. I like to feel good afterwards and that's it. And it doesn't have to be much more. It used to be because I want to have a six pack or I want to do this. And I, I finally sat down. I was like, why, why am I doing this? What, what is, what is the real driving factor? Cause what is a six pack going to do for me besides, you know, I'll walk around without a shirt, I guess, but right. it, it's super refreshing to hear a different mindset in that regards. And, you know, like I said, you seem very genuine and you just seem so passionate and passion always comes through even via zoom. 
which is wild. For sure. Yeah. Thank you for pointing that out. I mean, this has been the other side of my life story beyond just my physical body image journey has been my journey through owning a business and learning how to approach that in a way that feels authentic to me because just like you're saying with sales and learning how to run a business, I've done all the courses, I've taken all the mentorships, I've tried my absolute darndest to do it the quote unquote right way, but there was definitely a period of self-abandonment that happened in that process because there were things that just never felt authentic and aligned for me in the process of learning how to run a successful business in the way other successful businesses run theirs. And it's just, it feels so good to be in a place in my business, in the world right now collectively, where we really do value connection and emotional safety more and more and more. And people are totally turned off to that old way of sales now where even myself if i like open my instagram and i see a dm from someone that i don't know immediately i assume they're going to try to sell me something and i don't want to open it (laughs) and maybe that approach used to work i'm sure it did at some point that's why so many people grew their businesses that way but i feel very excited and grateful for where the world is headed right now because more and more people are valuing that authenticity and that emotional connection that we all innately crave within ourselves but it was never a part of growing a business or being successful in life and it's just it feels really good to have that reflected back to me that that's something that you see and value in the work that I do of course I think also especially with everything that the world has been through the last couple of years we we are craving just genuine human connection and people who just really want to help and good people in the world and you know now I, I joke around about the zoom studio but it gave me it's given me a chance to to talk to people all over who have such amazing stories and have such amazing things that they do and goals and all these things. So for you though, I I didn't even mention because I am the worst host. You have your own podcast. I do. Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's kind of like a silly little side project that I have where I just kind of turn on my AirPods while I'm walking and talk about things that are on my mind. But it's, it has been such a fun vehicle for me to just be able to express myself and express vulnerability and that is something that i feel like is a gift of mine and is so powerful in the place in the world that we're in right now Mm -hmm. and i don't know if this is something that just happened naturally through practice but i just am totally an open book and i cry sometimes on my podcast too which other people might think that's really weird but i own it at this point and i think that there's something so needed in the world right now with vulnerability and just sharing our authentic experiences and allowing other people to see themselves in us so that they can learn and grow and expand themselves with us. And that has been the purpose of this podcast. It's been very fun. Well, you have 42 episodes, so like obviously you're enjoying <laughs> it. That's awesome. I'm, I'm really happy to hear that. Podcasting is one of the coolest things. Like we, we did it for years on our first show. And then we took a break just because, ironically, myself and the other host moved into a house together, and we thought we'd podcast all the time. 
we couldn't st- we we got to a point where we were hanging out a little too much as roommates tend yep. to do or housemates in this case but it's like coming back and doing podcasting is such a great way to express yourself and a great way to connect with other people so for you though what what's what's on the agenda what like i know we talked a little bit about goals and and having goals or not having goals but for you i'm sure you have right. at least some plans for the future coming up Yeah, absolutely. I'm in a very fun place in my life right now that is just obviously a representation of just everything that has unfolded in my life from my own healing from my body image stuff and the types of changes that had to be reflected in my career. So I am currently traveling for an indefinite amount of time while we're recording this podcast. I'm in Guatemala (laughs) randomly. No big deal. Weird um, flex. Okay. No big deal. I know. And I'm just... I'm in a place right now where my deepest intention is to just honor my complete and full human experience Mm. because I think that what happens and what I expected to happen when coming on this traveling adventure is that I put it on this big pedestal of like, once I'm there, once I'm traveling, everything's going to be cool. Uh I'm going to have the best life ever and I'm going to be meeting people and all of that. And you quickly learn that that's not the case that your humanness comes with you no matter where you go and it's been a really beautiful gift and challenge to really ground myself in honoring my full human experience while i'm traveling and allowing it to suck when it sucks and allowing myself to pout when I want to pout, no matter what's going on in my life, no matter how blessed and grateful I really am at the end of the day, I just want to be present in all of it and allow myself to soften into every single experience that I end up having in my life. And it's been really cool to be able to do that in different places and experience different cultures and meet new people, especially after so long of, like I mentioned earlier in this podcast episode, being isolated and having my whole life be surrounded around like both my business and the control of my body. And I just feel so grateful to be in a place where I'm opening myself up and allowing myself to receive a completely different way of living and a much more softer approach to life and just being present in all of it. So I'm slightly jealous, not because you're in Guatemala. I mean, that that's cool. And like, I'm really actually like, I'm a different kind of jealous about that. Cause I do, I have a love hate with travel and yeah, for me, and this kind of relates to what we were talking about. I used, my biggest struggle traveling was I used to want to work out the whole time. I don't, and I would, yeah. I would bring pre-made protein shakes with me. I'd bring like all this stuff. Like I remember once we, we went on a family vacation. I forget what, I think Costa Rica was where we went and my bag was over limit because I brought so much crap with me. Like yep. I brought like 10 packets of Shakeology from Beachbody. I brought my workout bands, like the whole nine. And it's only recently that I'm finally starting to get a little bit better with that. We went to Jamaica for our honeymoon, my wife and I, after, after our COVID wedding this past, almost a year ago now. And we went to the gym one day. Yeah, yeah, it was great. We went to the gym one day and then took a day off. And then I went to the gym the following day. And it was so crowded, like tons of people there. So I tried to get like a quick workout in and I ended up hurting myself just because I was like, I got to do it. I got to do it. And like, no matter what, fight through the pain, ended up hurting my back. And my wife said, maybe it's your body telling you to enjoy your time off. I love that. So I'm, I'm getting better with stuff like that. But sometimes like... 
my my inner voice is sometimes more challenging, so it's nice to have an outer voice going. It's okay, and I That's um, right. yeah, it's it's a learning process, and I love hearing your story, and I love hearing how you know it, it relates to me, and I find it relatable because I just used the same word twice. That's fine, but anyway, <laughs> so for anybody who's looking to learn a little bit more about what you do or you know your services, how can they do that? Yeah, the best place to find me right now, I would say, is Instagram. So you can find me at Kelevate underscore, which is just the word elevate and a K at the beginning, a little play on words. Mm-hmm. And my website is KelevateCoaching.com. And easy, my podcast is also called Kelevate. So you can just search that on Spotify and Apple. Those are the three best places to find me. And obviously, when this episode goes live, we'll tag every, we'll tag everything. We'll we'll put it up links, all that stuff. So that way, if you guys are interested, just even to learn a little bit more, you'll have a place to do that. Cool. So I want to thank, thank you, you so much. much, Kelly, for this. This was fantastic, despite any of the background noise on either of our ends. Yes, I, I'm going to give you a pass, though. You're actually just like traveling, and you're like, I'll still do a podcast with you. You're in Guatemala. I, I would have said no. <laughs> Got to get it done at some point if it's indefinite travel. I can't just say, I'll do it later when I have no idea when I'm going to not be traveling anymore. (laughs) That's totally fair. So Kelly, thank you again for joining us today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Hey guys, it's Paul and the Misfit Faction is looking for your help. We are trying to grow not only our network, but also grow our brands. And the best way to do that is if you guys are looking to start your very own podcast, maybe you guys have been listening to us for a while. Maybe it's something you guys have always wanted to do, but you're not sure how to get started. If you go to podbean.com slash Misfit Faction, you guys will get a month of free podcasting on set as a gift from us. So make sure if you guys are looking to start your own show, you reach out to us and go to podbean.com slash Misfit Faction. Also, maybe you guys have your own online business or services. You're always looking to grow, and advertising is a very big part of that. If you guys go to sponsorship.podbean.com slash MisfitFaction, you guys can get $100 worth of free advertising, again, as a thank you from us to you guys. That's sponsorship.podbean.com slash MisfitFaction. Wow, so that was that was an awesome interview. Kelly was fantastic, and I really hope that you guys got some value out of what she had to say and what she brought to the table. When I do podcast guest interviews, I I focus on two different things. One, what would benefit the audience, and two, what would I enjoy talking about? So for me, sometimes it gets a little selfish, but then there are times where it just completely meshes, where you get a, somebody on the show who brings so much value and so much passion, and it's something that me as a host, I personally resonate with. And it gives you guys a chance to learn a little bit more about me and learn a little bit more about my co-hosts and my life and why we do what we do and how we do what we do. And if you guys got the video, you also got an appearance from Mazikin the Podcat, as per usual. So we want to thank Kelly again. If you guys are curious about what she does, make sure you check out her website. Her podcast, Kelevate, is where she kind of her brand name, which is you know, funny as hell. I love a good play on words. And make sure you guys let her know that you heard her here and that we sent you her way. And always say thank you to her for us because she was fantastic. And if you guys are looking to get a little bit more of our content, don't forget we have our website, themisfitfaction.com. You'll find links to our news, reviews, articles, and of course our merch store. You can also find us on all the social media, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. That's how we got in touch with Kelly through Instagram. So if you guys are looking to be on the show, if you feel like you might have some value, send us a message. Always get in touch with us. We're always happy to hear from our listeners as well. You can also email us at misfitfaction at gmail.com. So that's going to wrap us up for today. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time.